ஜனனீம் சாரதா தேவே ராமகிருஷ்ணம் ஜகத்குரு பாதபத்மே தயோஸ்ரிணமாமி முகுர்முகு இட் இஸ் ரியலி a very elevating experience to be here in this presence of holy trio i offer my humble pranams to sri ramakrishna holy mother and swami ji to be sitting on the same platform and to speak something on holy mother i never had such opportunity i feel <laughs> and i am so happy and grateful for this and with my pranams to all the swami ji's here i would like to speak some words about holy mother we know holy mother is like a vast ocean and she has so many facets and to speak about her is very difficult because she is so simple but today so i decided to speak about her motherly love many people many times have spoken about this topic but it is always sweet to remember mother's love it never becomes old for child mother's love is never old it is ever new and equally makes us happy so when we talk about holy mother i would like to speak on this aspect holy mother used to say shri ramakrishna had the motherly attitude matru bhava and in order to represent this he left me on this earth even after he left this world she was left to remain to remind others or to represent this ideal and among all interhuman relationships human we can say this motherly love appears to be the purest and most unselfish type of love between individuals and also it is a speciality of hindu religion to think of the supreme godhead as mother feminine not only we believe in that we also have a belief that whenever an incarnation is born on this earth whenever he descends on this earth he is always accompanied by his shakti the divine mother also accompanying him throughout and helping him to fulfill his mission and one thing we find something that that is special is when we think about the previous incarnations and their wives we don't we, we may see uh, innumerable good qualities in them like purity compassion selflessness and love towards their divine husbands etc but the motherly love its manifestation and its expansion it has never reached to such perfection as we see in case of 
Holy Mother's life. If we compare Sita, Radha, Vishnupriya, Eshodhara and others, this point becomes very clear to us. And what is still special about this motherly love is its all-inclusive nature. Everyone is accepted. Nobody is rejected. You know, it is a love without reserve. And whether one is high or low, superior, inferior, good, bad, nothing. Here only acceptance, no rejection at all. Swami Vivekananda is to refer about Sri Ramakrishna as L-O-V-E personified, love personified. And Swamiji himself was so full of love towards humanity and also especially we can see towards his brother disciples, his other disciples, devotees and all. But when we compare that with Holy Mother's love, we see there was always some calculation whenever they selected their disciples. They used to be somewhat choosy. And they made their disciples uh, go through severe tests to confirm that they were fit to be the disciples. But in case of Holy Mother, we don't see that. To bathe in the love of Holy Mother, to enjoy the love of motherly love, we don't require any fitness at all. We as children, we are, however we are, we are always accepted by her. Not only that, those who are having some drawbacks or weaknesses, maybe mother has a little more love, a more soft corner towards them. Always mothers have special love for their weak children. So we need not feel we are not fit, we are incapable or anything. There is always a place in mother's love for us. And also we find whenever we interact with other people or in our interaction with situations in life, we can't accept all people, you know, because we have strong likes and dislikes. When disagreeable persons we encounter or disagreeable situations we have to face, we try to avoid or run away from that if it is impossible, then we bear with it reluctantly. But in case of mother, it is very surprising that though born in that village atmosphere, an uneducated orthodox family and with no sophistication, no training as to how to deal with others, and she had to come with innumerable people belonging to different strata of society, and we always find a readiness, you know, ever readiness in accepting others. It is just difficult to understand how it was possible for her. When we think about it, we realize it is really the greatness and glory of motherhood or motherly love only. And again, we know it is common human nature 
to search for faults in others and to think ourselves perfect and flawless. But the, I mean, this quality in us is coming in between our accepting others. I mean, that is the reason why we can't accept everyone. But when we see Holy Mother's life, we know her famous teaching, if you want peace of mind, don't seek fault in others, rather look to your own faults. This unfault-finding nature in her is also one of the root, I think, root cause in her acceptance of everyone, we can say. And we find that many incidents prove it. Uh, we know all, you might have heard about this incident when Holy Mother was staying at Udbodhan, her Calcutta residence, once Gulapma, you know, her lifelong companion, she, is, she was very frank and outspoken lady. She was taking to task the cook for some mistake. And then Holy Mother overheard it and just she wanted to know what was, what has happened. Then Gulapma, in a very reluctant manner, she replies, Oh, what is the good of telling all this to you? You don't see any faults in others. Then Holy Mother says, Well, if I alone stop seeing faults in others, the world will not come to a standstill. There is no dearth of people finding fault in others. And what is the good of simply seeing faults and brooding over the faults of others? We are making ourselves more and more impure in that action, that's all. And we find, though Holy Mother also had so many good qualities, she was a repository of innumerable good qualities, but of all the qualities, this motherly love was the supreme, the foremost, we can say, so much so that it even overshadowed her love towards her husband, divine husband, Sri Ramakrishna also. I would give an example. You might have heard about this incident, but I would like to point out to some important aspects of it. One day when they were in Dakshineshwar, we know Holy Mother was carrying the food to Sri Ramakrishna's room, and an unknown lady, a lady of doubtful character, she requested Holy Mother to allow her to do that service to Sri Ramakrishna. And Holy Mother immediately, unhesitatingly handed over the plate of food to her. And that lady entered Sri Ramakrishna's room and placed that plate and went away. After a short while, when Holy Mother entered Sri Ramakrishna's room, what was the scene awaiting her? Now she found Sri Ramakrishna was unable even to touch the food leave aside partaking it. And he said in a complaining tone, well, how could you do it knowing very well that I can't eat that food touched by impure people? How could you send my food through them? Then Holy Mother in a very pacifying way, she says, well, that lady requested I could not refuse, so please take the food today. Then Sri Ramakrishna says, well, if you promise me that in future you will never send my food through such people, then only I shall eat food. Then Holy Mother says, well, Master, I shall try my best to carry your food daily 
to your room. But if anyone calls me mother and asks for something, I can't refuse. Please forgive me. Now, in this, what we find, you know, and she continues. Then she says, well, did you come for my sake alone? Did you not come for the sake of the whole world? Just how wonderful are these words of Holy Mother, the more we think about it, the more we are surprised. We know no wife would like to share in the love of her husband. No wife would like to share with anyone else with the special attention she receives from her husband. Whereas Holy Mother, being the divine consort of an incarnation like Sri Ramakrishna, she never demanded any special status or any special importance in his life. She never tried to assert her rights as his wife, as if she was something greater than others. She had more rights than others. That she never did. And she easily says, don't you belong to everyone? Do you belong to me only? How selfless and how we can say self-effacing and detached answer she is giving. And she is pointing out to Sri Ramakrishna his, uh, his duty towards the whole world as if it is not to me only. You have come for the whole world and you must think of all others also. As if she is pointing out this point to Sri Ramakrishna, she is correcting. And we know she was Sri Ramakrishna Gataprana Tannama Shravanapriya, we say. Means her God, her chosen ideal, her Guru, her everything was Sri Ramakrishna. And she was usually very humble and very obedient and serving him all the time. But on that particular day, even when she witnessed with her own eyes that Sri Ramakrishna was unable to accept his food. We think how much uh, miserable she must have felt in her heart, how heartbroken she must be, but how hard-heartedly she is refusing his request that she only should bring his food every day. She could not give word, yes, in future I shall not do this mistake, I will be bringing your food. Why? For whose sake? For an unfortunate daughter of hers, who was known to be not having any good character, a very ordinary woman, just because she called her mother and thought that she was ready, we can see then her love for this daughter as if it is in front of it, her love for her husband has ac accepted defeat, I would say. Her motherly love towards her daughter, her children, is so much she feels even her love for her own divine husband is less, somewhat we can say. And see, even not only that, we find in expressing this love towards her children, she would not brook any interference from anyone, not even from Sri Ramakrishna himself, we can say. I would give another example also in this connection. This is also known incident, but in this connection I am giving. 
again in the days of Dakshineshwar, when all the disciples were practicing austerities in Dakshineshwar under Sri Ramakrishna's guidance. And one day, Sri Ramakrishna comes to know that one of his disciples, Baburam Maharaj, has eaten few more chapatis than his quota. You know, everybody has fixed it. They are supposed to do sadhana. They have not come here to while away their times or sleep away their times. They have to do this intentional austerity was part of their disciplines. So naturally, Sri Ramakrishna got a little angry and he um, goes to Holy Mother and how can you do like this? If they eat like this, how can they do sadhana at night? And uh, they, are, they have not come for eating, you, so, you see. Then Holy Mother, in a very cool and calm manner, replies, Well, don't make so much fuss about the boy eating one or two chapatis more. I shall take care of his spiritual welfare. We know she is not merely an earthly mother who takes care of our physical well-being. She herself openly revealing that she is, she is capable of looking after our spiritual welfare also. That is one point. The other point is also, it is a mother's privilege to feed her children to their heart's content. Holy Mother would not accept anybody's interference in this matter. Even Sri Ramakrishna should not do it when she wants to feed her son to his heart's content. Sri Ramakrishna has not got that right to say, no, you should not feed this much, you should feed less. That is her special department. Nobody can interfere there. And that is one thing. And in Gita, we read, Sri Krishna tells about the role of an incarnation. Paritranaya sadhunam vinashaya chadushkritam dharma samstapanarthaya sambhavam yuge yuge. So, what is the role of an incarnation? To protect the virtuous, to destroy the wicked people, and thereby establish righteousness on this earth. If Divine Mother herself is born as an incarnation, how can she destroy her own children, however wicked they may be? So, she cannot do it. You know, she not only protects the virtuous children, but she transforms the wicked children and saves them also. So I say in this matter, she has gone one step ahead of the previous avatars. They could only say we are protecting the virtuous people, but we shall destroy the wicked. But she said no. There is none wicked in her eyes. Everybody is her own child. How can she say that? You know, Shankaracharya says there may be many bad children, kuputra, but there cannot be a kumata, that is a wicked mother. A mother may punish her child, but it is for its own good and never with the intention of destroying that child. Now that idea will never come in her mother's mind. So mother could say, if my child plays in the dirt and soils its cloth, is it not my duty to clean it and take on my lap? And she says, you know, it is the nature of the water to flow in a downward direction. It is the nature of the sun's rays to lift it up. So it is the nature of human being to err, to make mistakes. But the divine grace lifts us 
and saves us. That we can see here. And what difference we, if you ask, what is the difference between the ordinary mother's love and Sharada Devi's holy mother's love? We know the love of an ordinary mother is limited to children born of her. Whereas holy mother's love had no such boundaries. You know, it was unending love. It included everyone, as I said, no superior, no inferior, no caste, creed, no race, no language, no intellectual or a dullard or rich or poor. No, nothing can stop here. Everybody is same. And not only that, even those people who had a low profile in society, whom the society looks with contempt, even towards them, you know, she never excluded them. They were not bored of her love. And we know the drunkard Padma Lochan, and then uh, many actresses of, who had not any good past, the Girish Chandra Ghosh's, his dramas, and even uh, those people who did not have, um, I mean, brain-deranged people are all sorts of people. We can see even eccentric people, everyone received their share of love from mother. Even uh, foreigners, you know, in those days, in India, the, the, it was so strict, the rigid customs and all. And, but when Nivedita, Olibul, and others came to Holy Mother, then Holy Mother embraces them and as my daughters. And she has no hesitation in touching them or dining with them or accepting their gifts. Today we may say, oh, what is there? We all do that. But it was a different age, you know, in those days, uh, especially for a Holy Mother who was born and brought up in an orthodox Brahmin widow she was. And it was something unthinkable. Even her own companions, they did not accept the way she could accept all this, you know. And then um, we can say, if she never cared for the criticism of others. In a way, she brought a silent revolution in the society. Even Swami Vivekananda was surprised. Uh, astonished, actually, seeing how Holy Mother accepted even these foreign daughters. And then it was she who could say, Sharat is same as Amjad. How could she say that? Just think of it. To her, the illiterate Latu is same as Narain, highly intellectual. On the same scales, only a mother can treat all children of hers, we can see. And we know how uh, in those days we hear that uh, once a brahmachari, he was asked to buy some cloths and, you know, he was a very patriotic boy and he brought all stuff made of country-made stuff and they were not so refined and fine and the uh, women of the inmates of the ashram, they did not like it. But when he was asked, he said, how can I buy the foreign-made stuff? Those were the days when the freedom fight that was going on and uh, they, they boycotted all such things. And then Holy Mother says, who is native and who is a foreigner? All are my children. I can't be exclusive like that. You know, I have to make home with everyone. So that is the way she could treat all her children that we can say. 
And next thing I would say is not only her motherly love was all inclusive, it was impartial. That is another thing. First of all, we can't say we can love all people. Even if we love many people, we can't say we can love all of them equally. That is impossible, we feel. Not only she loved all, but impartially and equally, that samadrishti, that is we are really surprised. And this is really something very special in her love, we can say. We hear once a lady, a characterless lady, she was visiting Udbodhan house in, that is Calcutta, her Calcutta abode where she used to stay. And regarding that, one of the devotees, Balrambos, uh, his wife, they were very good devotees, but his wife commented that if such ladies start visiting mother's house, it will be difficult for women born in noble families like us to come here anymore. When these words reached Holy Mother's ears, then she says, if anybody is coming here depends on anyone else coming or not coming, I can't help. But I can't deny that lady that opportunity to come here. She has none other than me, and I can't say no to her. And again, I will another incident I will tell just uh, for example of her impartial love. There are other, Dr. Kanjilal, his mother, they were great devotees of Holy Mother. Once the mother of Dr. Kanjilal tells Holy Mother, Mother, please bless your son that he may have a very good roaring practice as a doctor and may he have very good name and fame. Then mother is silent. Then she says, well, if my son Kanjilal should have a roaring practice, do you mean to say my all other children should get diseases and suffer? <laughs> then they will go to him and he will get money. I can't bless him that way, you know. So <laughs> nicely she could think and analyze things. And one, uh, where she was staying in one Keshavanandaji, another sadhu was there. He was uh, in that village center and he says once to Holy Mother, well, Mother, you have so many great children, high intellectuals and so many noble qualities and we are your ignorant and stupid, ordinary children. What will become of us? Then Mother says, well, Sri Ramakrishna was never a pandit in that sense, you know. We have place for all. We, we, want, we won't reject you on that account. You also have a place here. And another very funny incident we hear, Swami Sharadanandaji and this Keshavananda. He, he was in village center and Sharadanandaji has come from Calcutta. And both were in, invited for uh, lunch at Holy Mother's house. And whereas Sharadanandaji was fed with nice items, puris and halwas and all such rich items, and this Keshavanandaji was fed with a bland diet, rice soaked in cold water. That is supposed to be good for people having bad stomach in India. So that was served to him. He, he got so upset. He thought, what is this? Mother is so partial. I am an ordinary village sadhu. She is treating me like this. And Sharat Maharaj is so great. He is general secretary of the order. She is a specially beloved son. And she is severing so much affection to him. He felt so bad. And mother could read the minds of everyone. No, She knows. So next day, she was silent. But next day, she served same diet for both. Again, she invited both. 
And then the result was Keshavanandji had stomach upset. <laughs> you know, mother knew what he could digest and what was his capacity of stomach. Mothers know better than their children. Sometimes the children think we can eat anything, but mothers know what they can digest, what they can't digest. So then he realized it was not the partiality of Holy Mother. It was because she really loved him only, she knew what was best for him and she served him that only. And another incident also is narrated in this connection, that is, a small girl, she used to visit Holy Mother frequently in Udbodhan house, and Holy Mother used to go for the village home, not Jairambati, for quite a long time she would be absent, and this little girl is very upset and very sad. Then Mother, in consoling way, she says, well, if you love all the members in your family equally as you love me, then I shall be very, very pleased with you. Then that little girl asks, how can I love all the members equally in the same way then mother replies in a very beautiful reply which we have to remember always she says when you love others don't expect anything in return if you expect something some return more some return less accordingly your love also will vary but if you have no expectation then only you can love be really impartial so we can say that is also a secret of Holy Mother's impartial love towards others. And not only this love was uh, having this quality, I would say it was full of compassion, you know. We know how when she saw the suffering of others, she would feel intensely for their suffering. She could take away that suffering on herself and suffer. We have so many incidents. One lady who lost her son, and came to her, started weeping. And mother felt so bad, she herself started weeping. It's so loudly that everyone from inside house came out to see what has happened, something seriously wrong. Then they noticed Holy Mother was weeping loudly, and then they got doubt, who lost the son? That doubt came to them, it seemed. Anyway, after some time, Holy Mother also became quiet, and that lady also became quiet. And now she was much relieved. In fact, Holy Mother took away that sorrow from her heart and she suffered herself. So that was extreme compassion was there in her along with this love. And that purifying quality of her motherly love, also we should say. When we take bath in Ganga, we know Ganges, we become purified. But all those who bathe in the love of motherly love are also sanctified and purified, we can say. But Holy Mother used to live surrounded by so many worldly people, you know. So people used to get doubt. Sri Ramakrishna was all the time talking about God and intoxicated in high states. And Mother is so, so worldly type, they thought. Once even Yoginma, one of her own companions, she was lifelong companion and she was also a high-order spiritual sadhika. But she got doubt about Holy Mother. Maybe Holy Mother is a very worldly type, she thought. Then Sri Ramakrishna comes in a vision to her and shows the dead body of an infant floating on Ganges. And he says, do you think the Ganga is polluted because of that? You may know Holy Mother also to be the same. She can never be polluted or contaminated 
by anyone, any worldly persons staying around her. And when Holy Mother, actually she was also a guru, you know, she initiated many disciples and she had to accept the sins of others and many times her whole body would have burning sensation, she would have fever and all. But because of her motherly love, you know, she would never refuse anyone. However sinful these people may be, she would accept everyone. And she would, on the other hand, she would warn others, don't tell these two Sharat Maharaj. You know, if he comes to know, he may stop their coming here, you know. Uh, so she was careful in that way. And even when doctors would object and all well-wishers would say, no, no, mother, you should not do like this, then she would say, oh, we have come for this only. If we don't do this, if we don't accept the sins of others, who else will do? Sri Ramakrishna did not come for eating rasagullas only. And she says, this body will fall one day or the other. Let these people be liberated and uh, let this body go. That doesn't matter. That was her feeling. But though she was a guru, she never had the feeling that she was guru. In fact, the idea that the motherly love, it dominated. You know, it even overshadowed the Guru Bhava in her, we say. So, usually, after initiating others, she would offer them all to Sri Ramakrishna and she would say, I am your mother. Sri Ramakrishna is your Guru. One very um, interesting incident, a disciple, one, person, one devotee came from East Bengal and he took initiation from Holy Mother. After taking that, the Holy Mother shows Sri Ramakrishna's photo and she says, well, Sri Ramakrishna is your Guru, he is your chosen ideal, he is your God, he, he is your all in all. Do pranams to him. Then that devotee, you know, he got confused. He says, well, you are my Guru, you initiated me. How can Sri Ramakrishna be my Guru? Then Holy Mother says, no, no, I am nobody's Guru. Master alone is the Guru of everyone. I am the mother of everyone. I am your mother also. Then the disciple again argues. How can you be my mother? I left my mother a few days before coming here at my village home. She is still alive. How can I accept you as my mother? Then Holy Mother says, Well, you look properly towards me and see whether I am that mother of yours or not. Then when this disciple looked intently at Holy Mother, he saw there was not Holy Mother there. There was his own mother who gave him birth was standing there. He had a vision like that. Then he realized, he fell at her feet. He realized Holy Mother was his real mother that he could realize. You know, motherly love, as I said, it always enjoys feeding her children. So Holy Mother also was like that. She loved she thought it was a privilege to feed others. Many devotees would come, you know, unexpected time and untimely visit. Unknown devotees, they would tap at the door and they, they will come. And ordinary people like us, suppose nobody, somebody comes to our house without informing before. What would be our reaction? We would immediately get angry. Could you not phone? Could you not write a postcard? You should tell us before you are coming. How do you expect everything will be ready when you come here? But mother was not like that. She welcomed everyone with open arms and she behaved as if she had been waiting for these children from so many years. 
she had lost these children and she is again meeting her lost children. That was her feeling, you know. It is not unknown devotees. The devotees felt so much at home. She is a real mother. You know, a child has no fixed time to go towards his mother. A devotee will not have a definite time to go to God. Any time, every time, it is mother's. A mother is ours and we are mothers. So they felt so free and whenever they will come, immediately mother will attend to them. Immediately she will make them comfortable and start cooking for them and afterwards feed them and even clean that place and what not she will do. And in that village of Jairambati, uh, not much of vegetables were available. Early morning, she would, before dawn, she would go to the neighboring villages to get some fresh vegetables for these children. And these Calcutta children know they love drinking tea and there was no milk at the home. Mother with a mug in her hand, she would go from house to house to collect milk. Just imagine the scene, the divine mother doing all these things for her children, how much she loved. And after one or two days, these children have to leave. Then mother would be in tears. You know, real mother, whether they will weep or not, we don't know. But holy mother, she would accompany them as far as she could. And she would be standing still looking till they were out of sight with tears flowing from her eyes. And the devotees could never forget her. Once who have seen her, they never forgot her again. That love, that affection, it was so real, so natural. They always felt it. You know, Girish Chandra Ghosh, he was the famous uh, dramatist, and he also used to visit. After Sri Ramakrishna's Mahasamadhi, he used to visit Jairambati many times. And mother knew he liked everything neat and tidy. And mother will keep everything spick and span. And, and Girish first didn't understand who made all these things. When he came to know that Holy Mother was doing all these things, cleaning his clothes and everything, washing... Then he became upset and he came to Holy Mother. Mother, you should not do all these things for me. How can you, why you are doing? Then she says, oh, how much more a real mother would do for her children? What I am doing, it is nothing. Then he asked her once, what type of mother you are? Then she says, I am your real mother. Not a stepmother, not an adopted mother, not just for calling sake. Sometimes we add, ma along with the name, not like that, but I am your actual mother. So many incidents show that she is the real mother of all of us. Another incident I will tell, a coolie, a lady, you know, she came from long distance to hand over ghee to Holy Mother. Somebody has sent ghee to Holy Mother, she brings that, and it was too late, already late in the evening, she could not return, she had to stay overnight in Holy Mother's house in Jairambati and her bed was made just outside mother's room. Early morning when mother came out her, her room, she witnessed that during the night she had high fever, that coolie lady, and she had soiled the clothes and bed and everything. She was sleeping actually. And then mother thought, if this scene, if others come to know about this, there will be no end to the criticisms and scoldings and all that how bad my daughter will feel. So she slowly went and she woke her up and she asked her to wash her hands and feet and then gave something to eat and asked her to leave the place before dawn. And that lady left. 
And afterwards, Holy Mother cleaned all the bed sheets and all the cloths and everything and spread them for drying. Nobody could know. So silently she did. Nobody knew who did all that. Afterwards, they saw all the cloths are washed and they're drying. And who but one's own mother can feel so intensely for just an ordinary people also and do that service to them. Unless she felt she was her own daughter, she could not have done that. And this love of Holy Mother was not restricted only to human beings. It even extended to animals, birds and insects and everywhere. The devotees have recorded so many incidents in their reminiscences. We might all have read so many times when a calf was screaming, it was hungry and mother rushes to it and releases it and so she allows it to go and have its feed. Or when a gangaram, a parrot was there in the cage, you know, that she, whenever it will become hungry, it would just scream, ma, 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 and mother would rush, coming, my dear, coming, my dear, and she would give fruits and nuts to that. And even the cats, they were now sumptuously fed and they became plumpy there. So, and she tells Swami Arupananda once asks her, are you the mother of the universe? Then she says, yes, even the animals, birds and insects. Then he asks, then why they are in this state? She says, no, they have to go through this in this life. And... Why then I am seeing you like this and like an ordinary mother doing rolling chapatis and all this? Then she says, it is Leela, you know. God loves Naralila. Did not Sri Rama come as the son of Dasharatha? Did not Sri Krishna come as a cowherd boy? You know, God loves to sport as human being. How mother can easily tell these things? And she is comparing uh, herself with Sri Rama and Sri Krishna and uttering these words, just imagine that. And then, this love was as profound as detached, I would say. You know, because after Sri Ramakrishna passed away, she was in terrible grief, and she wanted to give up her body. And Sri Ramakrishna comes in vision and tells that she should leave, depending on yoga maya in the form of radhu. And so, this little girl, she was with her, and mother would shower more affection on this girl. Many people thought it was an attachment. Holy Mother was so attached to uh, one sadhu, actually asked her, Mother, why are you all the time saying, Radhi, 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 you are so attached. Then Holy Mother replies, Well, where can you find another person like me? Show me one example you can. Then she said, you know, when one practices spiritual sadhana for a long time, the mind becomes pure, focused, and subtle. With such a mind, whatever one touches, it appears as attachment. You see how beautifully she explains that it was not attachment. That's the reason why we know in the later last days, when in her last days, she wouldn't allow Radhu to be near her. She asked the girl to be taken away to the village. Swami Sharadanandaji says, I have never seen such deep attachment and also such profound detachment in the same person. I have never seen in one person attachment and detachment simultaneously. That Sharadanandaji tells us. 
And not only that, and many we saw, we feel um, many um, people saw Holy Mother in their own mother. That is also something. And I will tell one incident here. A mother and her daughter, they, are, they were visiting the Belurmat temple, Holy Mother's temple. They were standing in front of the Holy Mother's temple. And the girl, she saw Holy Mother's photo in the temple. And again and again she was staring at the photo and towards her own mother. After three, four times she asked her mother, Well, mother, why have you kept your photo in this shrine? Tell me truly whether it is your photo or not. You know, that lady was taken aback. What to reply? She didn't know. And one Swami was standing a little away. He overheard this um, conversation. And he writes, Well, how true is the words that the girl uttered? You know, unknowingly, the girl is uttering the great truths. The Divine Mother herself is present in all women. And Holy Mother is the Divine Mother. She is present in every woman. What is, surprise, what is the surprise that the girl should see that her mother was Holy Mother herself? And one famous uh, um, sadhu, Premeshanandaji, you have heard of his name, I am sure. And he has written um, a song on Holy Mother. In that he refers... Nikila Matra Hridaya Sagara Manthana Sudha Murati. When you churn the ocean of milk, there is the Puran, in the story in the Puran, then Amrit, na, nectar was born. In the same way, when you churn the ocean of love of all mothers, then this holy mother's figure, nectar-like figure, it is manifesting, it is born. So such a beautiful thing, he says, and Swami Virajanandaji, uh, you know, she, he was Sri Sharada Devi's disciple. And he writes in a letter, I used to love my mother, own mother who gave me birth very much. And she also loved me very much. But that was nothing in comparison to Holy Mother's love. Who knew mother means she will be like this. She will snatch away our hearts entirely and make us her own. And He's so beautifully, he narrates this. And I feel this love, it is not certainly human love. It must be a divine love, expressing through the human form of Holy Mother. Otherwise, how can it be so perfect, so complete? We can't just think of it. And Sister Nivedita, she shifts our attention to another side of Holy Mother's love. She says, dear Mother, you are so full of love. But your love is not like ours. It is not full of excitement, emotion, and anxiety, and all that. It is so calm, you know, so peaceful, and so gentle, and so soothing. Holy Mother's love is so, su such that uh, she says in this. And with this love, Holy Mother is binding the hearts of all people in this entire world. You know, and she converts even the wickedness and our drawbacks and everything into dosha nasheshan saguni karoshi. No, Abedanandji says, our dosha, we are having many faults. She makes them saguna, good qualities. Just think of it. She makes and, and she is soothing 
her one drop her of her love it soothes our heart and the burning of our heart is removed forever and also i would say it is an eternal love she is called janma janmantarer ma in bengali you know mother of many many births in a human love human motherly love it is transitory in this life we have one mother but after that it will be end but holy mother is eternal mother of many many lives who is our real mother that is the reason though physically she is not present today even today there are many devotees who see her in dreams or visions or in meditation you see it is so true mother's love those who have experienced it they will certainly know it and even her divinity she could sometimes conceal but this motherly love she could never conceal from our eyes so with these few words i will close my talk om asato ma sadgamaya tamaso ma jyotirgamaya mrityorama amritangamaya om shanti 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 hari om tatsu